0: Hey there, welcome to The Third Sea. This is the show where we have open and honest dialogues with experts who have a unique perspective to share straight to you. I'm your host, Daniel Trinum with Croft and & Frost, and I'm excited to bring you today's episode. As always, all re- links as well as relative information will be in the description of this episode down below. Thanks for tuning in, now let's join into the conversation. And I'm really excited to bring uh, today's episode to you all. My guest today. Uh, this is actually not my first time meeting him. I actually ran into him over the weekend uh, out out at the the Chattanooga Market. Ran into him and got to chat with him for a little bit there. But uh, we got obviously have a more in-depth conversation today. Uh, and he is someone who I'm really really excited to talk to. Uh, he is a soon-to-be graduate from the University of Tennessee here at Chattanooga with a degree in communications. Uh, along with that, he has you know. Uh, lots of years of experience in uh, journalism, photojournalism, uh, you know, audio, video editing, the whole nine yards. Uh, He's a very talented individual and someone that uh, he keeps saying that, you know, I was very surprised you wanted to reach out to me, but I, I think that he will have a a lot to share today, and uh, a lot of I think we'll have a really good conversation. So, uh, Mark, thank you so much for coming in today.
1: Thank you so much. That was such a great <laughs> introduction. I feel so honored. Um, but yeah, I was really surprised um, to even get this call. I'm really, I'm really excited, appreciative to be here. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much. Um, if I can introduce myself. Yeah, yeah. Go
0: for it. Tell tell everybody what you got going on so far.
1: Yeah. So my name is Mark Drinkard. I'm. Uh, yeah, I'm a almost graduating senior uh, in communications um, from Knoxville, Tennessee, and have attended the University of Tennessee at Chattanooga for these past five years. And yeah, I'm just really excited to be here. Yeah. So,
0: so you said you're from Knoxville. Yes. Do you have any particular allegiance to either the mocks or the Volunteers? <laughs> I really, curious.
1: I really do not. <laughs> I I like grew up with all that like orange is in my blood type, oh, yeah, me- type yeah, mentality yeah. surrounding me. <laughs> I can never buy into all of that. Like it was always. A bit cringy, like a bit like yeah. too much. You would see people with face paint, yeah. with the flags. It's a with, weird shade of orange, too. It's weird. It. It's, yeah. very, it's, very, it's very ugly, almost. <laughs> I don't want to be mean, but it's kind of just a bit.
0: Somebody's gonna hear this and they're gonna be like, this, <laughs> I don't want to, I don't, <laughs> don't turn it off. I don't want to hear any more beyond this.
1: <laughs> gonna be like, Mark Trigger yeah. will this never guy, step no, foot. No, forget it. No, we're not listening to any more of this.
0: Oh, that's funny. That's I funny. I hope
1: I have not offended fans <laughs> with my comments, but. Um, I love the teams I just don't love the co- love the love the color too much
0: yeah anyway. that's fair that's fair I remember in I think it was in in the blind side in the movie I forget who whoever yes. uh, what's Sandra Bullock's character whoever she was she was like oh, that that nasty color of orange or something <laughs> like that and I was like Is she, she's talking about Tennessee yeah, that, so that's funny yeah it's it's a it's a weird shade but yeah you know Uh, Anyways, um, (laughs) thank you again for coming in. Uh, Really looking forward to speaking with you. Before we started here and and actually, when we first initially uh, met each other, you talked a little bit about uh, what some work you have done and and were and maybe still are doing with uh, Rising Rock at at UTC and actually with a couple other interviews I've done prior to to this one with uh, Billy Weeks and uh, Nessa. We we talked a little bit about this, but you specifically brought up uh, some work that you are doing with. I believe you said it was called Rising Rock Radio. Is that yes, correct? Yes. Just do you care to talk a little bit about the work that you're doing over there and, and what course. you got going
1: on? I would love to. Um, so it's Rising Rock Radio. Um, the, the, the official title will be through like Scenic Roots um, mm-hmm. with WTC. Every semester we have a partnership where a selection of radio stories are. Provided to WTC so they can put together a compilation and kind of run it for a forty-minute block. Mm-hmm. Um, this semester we have a very unique, very diverse collection of of uh, stories. I noticed a trend as we were doing like our individual pitches and kind of bringing all of our stories together. Um, there's a lot about recovery, a lot about like the good in humanity in spite of you know like darkness in spite of. Mm-hmm addiction in spite of hardships. Um, there's a lot about that and people just overcoming. And I really love that message that we're, that we're sending out there. Um, it's been, like, this has been one of my favorite semesters in Raj Rock. This has given me a lot of like perspective and hope, um, both in myself and just in the community. Um, this is my first semester as editor. So mm-hmm. it was like a lot of self-doubt, a lot of Will I? Won't I? What's gonna happen? Will I be up to the task for this? Yeah. And you know, um, along with the help of Billy Weeks, along with the help of my uh, fellow students, I've just been proving myself wrong and proving yeah. myself, you know, kind of right in a good way. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, just kind of doing things I never thought I would be able to, and it's been good. It's
0: been so, good. You, you may have just said so. Forgive me, but are, so is this gonna be like? It's called Rising Rock. Is this going to be on the WTC like ra- like the actual like radio? Yes.
1: Sta- okay. Yes. Hosted by uh, Ray Bassett. Ray Bassett. Is yes. he a student? He is a. Yeah. He is the. I guess host of of WTC. Mm-hmm. Um, so he'll be running. There's the show. Stories will be introduced by Rising Rock mm-hmm. by Rising Rock uh, students, and every story is written. Yeah. Uh, film or written, recorded, uh-huh. and, and uh, edited by a Rising Rock student.
0: And but. so, if my understanding so far of the, a lot of the work that Rising Rock does is you'll, you'll highlight some local story, uh, which I, I was surprised, like, not that not that I didn't think there was anything going on in Chattanooga, but <laughs> before, when I was introduced to it, I looked at all the different stories you all had done, and I was like, holy cow, all this stuff is going on? Like, in the it was just really cool to see just the, the the levels of uh, investigation you all, I guess for lack of a better word, that you all have done in the community just in all different areas, is it gonna be kind of like a an expansion upon that? Like it's not, it'll be, you know, almost like you take the articles that you all write, the pieces that you do, uh, and you're quite literally translating them into, you know, spoken word, like on the on the radio, people talk, or will it be more of a conversation about the articles themselves?
1: So it's more so <coughs> we're just showcasing these stories we've already done. So mm-hmm. um, with each, with each uh, story that, you know, a team or an individual has to do in mm-hmm. Rising Rock, there's always an audio component and always a visual component, either a video or photos, mm-hmm. but I guess Rising Rock Radio is our chance to showcase that audio component because it really is one of the best ways um, that I think a lot of people can tell stories regardless of their skill level Mm -hmm. Um, because we do a good job of matching up talent in terms of the teams Mm -hmm. like we'll have a videographer on the team, a a photographer on a team, uh, audio editor, but audio is something that kind of everyone can get into Mm because really all you need to do is just have an ear for a story and Mm -hmm. that's Everyone in this class has that. Yeah. And so we're just um showcasing like, okay, I've done this story, this is the audio component that goes along with that. Listen, hear what I have to say, and hopefully you can find the site and yeah. find some time to read it. Watch this um, watch this video, look at some photos, read this article, yeah. you know, yeah.
0: Yeah, well even at that I mean, you know, different different avenues of, of journalism like appeal to different people. Like me, I'm terrible at Want, like actually reading an article, like I'll see a headline, and be like, oh, I should look in. Like this sounds really cool. I will click on it and realize that it's more than 300 words, and I'm like, nope, I'm not doing it. I'm not going to read it. I'm just not going to. I'll figure it out later. But you know, I have no problem sitting down and listening to like a 30 minute interview or an hour long podcast. Or you know, the 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 surprise, surprise, the when people speak. Uh, you know, I, I'm like, oh yeah, I'll listen to that. So I think if anything, this will be great for getting the word out to individuals like myself that you know maybe uh, appeal more towards the spoken word and appeal more towards hearing interviews and, and people talking about the stories that they're writing. Because like I said, the stories that you are writing are really interesting. Like there was the one that I loved, uh, which we talked about a little bit uh, when, we, when we interviewed Billy, was the the one about friendly neighborhood Fred? I, I don't know. Yes. I don't know who wrote who did that that story, but we loved it. I mean, we were talking about it, and and I was like, I did not know that this was this was in our like this guy was in our community. He seemed so nice and just such a such a great guy to be around. And so I think it was really cool that you are one highlighting people like that, but two now you're you're bringing it in a manner that individuals like myself who. May you know enjoy listening to it. Uh, they can now enjoy it as well. You know, yeah. I think it's really cool, and I'm I'm really glad that you know you all as students are taking that that head on that taking that that on. Uh, you're not necessarily using the backing of like a, a production company or anything. It's it's a very organic, uh, homegrown, if you if you want to call it uh, effort. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's all coming from what you want to talk about and what interests you. And and I think that I just
1: think that's really cool. I think it's really cool. Yeah, and that's funny that you mentioned Fred because that was actually my team's hard uh, oh, really? work. Yeah. Um, it, it, like it was the idea of one of my teammates who lives close to Fred and has had like, or ha- and has a good relationship with him. You know, he helps her out mm-hmm. so much, has protected her. Mona Lon, of mm-hmm. course, you know, yeah. all of that. And um, yes, yeah, so we got to meet him. That was such a great um, just experience. Yeah. But I guess like meeting people like that, people who are just so genuine and lead with their heart, like that's kind of the essential I guess, message of Rising Rock. Um, it, it reminds me a lot of this podcast and mm-hmm. like the meaning behind it of mm-hmm. like, there's so much out there that we don't see mm-hmm. on a daily basis. And yeah. like the people who you pass on the on the street have such a plethora of like experiences, mm-hmm. of knowledge, of things they can share with you. Mm-hmm. And we don't really seek that out on a daily basis because we're caught up in our own mm-hmm. life and our own little like spiral of you know, whatever it is, of work, of classes, of responsibilities, you know? And so, kind of extending that, you know, sphere of um, awareness to other people is really important.
0: Well, even at that, like, and I've mentioned this to people on this show, like, I'm a firm believer that 99% 99% of people, virtually everyone, has a story to tell. Like whether yeah. they realize it or not, like not everybody is going to be the most outgoing person. Not everybody is going to be the most talkative person, and that's fine. Uh, but everyone has something in their life that they're an expert in, or that they are passionate about, or that that whenever a certain topic is brought up, it, you know, it, it lights them up. They're like, oh, that's that. Like they're interested in it. You know? Yeah. And I think like like what you're talking about, like finding finding those people and and bringing that out of them because. If you walk up to any random person on the street and, like, stick a mic in their face, they might be like, I don't know what to say. But if you can find something that appeals to them and interests them, what they're passionate about, and you can draw that out of them, that's where, like, the best stories come from. Because, you know, you see Fred out on the street, you wouldn't think anything of him. He's just a guy walking around. Like, he's very unassuming. Mm -hmm. Uh, But when you are able to bring up his story and what he does uh, and, and, you know, broadcast that out to the public, I mean... That's just that's so cool because you're giving a normal guy just like you and me a chance to talk about what he loves to do and how it impacts the people around him. You know. Yeah. Uh, what What was your experience like working on that story? I'm curious. Oh,
1: um, so, like it 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 was, it was very, I don't. It hit home a yeah. lot because like, I guess the community he works in reminded me a lot of the community I grew up in, mm-hmm. which was kind of like impoverished a bit, yeah. majority black, and like just. Yeah people who are in need, you know? And like, it It was kind of a weird, like his community was in a weird transitional stage where it was like, you can tell he grew up in that kind of like black struggle, mm-hmm. but it was transitioning into more of a gentrified type of community you mm-hmm. saw more like, frat people moving in, yeah. and like yeah. people who weren't part of the community like yeah. moving in, taking houses up. Yeah. And not that anything's wrong with that, but um, it was definitely like a transitional stage. And But it just reminded me a lot of like, who I would see at home, who I would mm. see in my normal life. And just made me almost like nostalgic of that. Um, yeah. And then it also just made me very hopeful because yeah. you saw someone who has lived in this community, you know, seen so much of it change, seen mm has has probably had like friends he's grown up with, you know, mm-hmm. either pass away or leave or move on to other things. Yeah. And he's still staying. He's still helping out people. Yeah. He's still greeting people just with so much enthusiasm and just wanting to give his all mm-hmm. and just protect people and just be their like their happy uncle or something yeah. like that. It's yeah. just great. Um yeah, it just it like it just filled me with a lot of uh just, just a lot of feelings, <laughs> yeah, just, like you can see, and I'm having a hard time putting it on the words, but it's, it was just a really engaging experience. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think his conversations were some of the best I've had. Um, you just tell, he's a very genuine guy.
0: Yeah, well even, yeah. In, I mean, the, the thing that struck me so much about his story in particular, which if anybody's listening and, and is totally unaware of what we're talking about, um, I'm assuming it's still on Rising Rock's website. What's what's the website to Uh, to go
1: visit this? Risingrock.net.
0: Yeah, so go to risingrock.net. There's a story about this guy named Friendly Neighborhood Fred. It will make your day. If you're having having a bad day or if you're having a good day, (laughs) it'll add on to it. Uh, It's a great story. But the thing that struck me about it was, you know, it's no secret that our world, uh, there's a lot, lots of issues Uh, just because that's just the way things are. Uh, And oftentimes, at least for me, it can feel like I want to do something. I want to help, but like, I don't know where to start. Like, I don't even know what to do. You know, it's like, I can't, I feel like I can't do much on my own, but his story is a great example of, you don't have to, you know, be the most, uh, you don't have to be the, the highest person in the chain of command. You don't have to have the most money. You don't have to have the most power, the most authority to make a difference. It may be a small one. But, you know, he would just, from what I understood, like, he would, you know, find his neighbors and just say, hey, can I mow your yard? Or, hey, can I come visit with you? Or, hey, can I cook a meal for you? Just something small like that. It's probably not going to change the world, but it may have made that person's day a lot better. Yeah. And collectively speaking, if we could all, like, embrace a little bit of that, you know, take a little bit of that and, and apply it in our own lives, I mean, there's no telling how, how positive an impact that would have. I mean, just think about in the chat in Chattanooga community alone, if, if we all acted a little bit more like that. I mean, there's no telling how how positive of an impact it would have on our community. And that's the thing that, that struck me about it is, it doesn't matter where you are, whether you're at the top of the top or the lowest of lows, you can make a difference in yeah. one way or another, whether it's large or small. Um, that was the thing that really struck me about his story. And I, I really I really liked it. I, I really thought it was interesting. and. Uh, seeing that there's people like him out in this world is, like you said, it gives me it's very it gives me hope and it uh, yeah. it's just cool to see
1: also. You know, yeah. it's something people forget a lot of. You know, like you can you don't have to like be the guy who makes all the jokes. You don't have to be the guy who like does everything for everyone. You can just do small <clears throat> things. Yeah. Just be yourself. You know, like you're gonna be the best. Like you're you're you have the best ability to be you. But I'm messing this quote <laughs> up. <laughs> you can be the best you. No, then you can't be anything else. Yeah. Like you know, so just be you. Yeah. Be helpful. Be authentic. Be authentic. Yeah, yeah. And, and and you know, I think people kind of forget that, and they try and like, you know, emulate what they see in real or what, or what they see in other people, mm-hmm. and that works to a point, but in affecting change and like making an mm-hmm. impact in, in like someone's life, you just mm-hmm. have to be you. And yeah. Fred is him. Yeah, Fred is him. Yeah. like unapologetically. Yeah. And,
0: Well, we all we all have something to bring to the table. I mean, like I said, we all come from different backgrounds. We all you know find ourselves in different avenues of life, uh, and some better than others in different ways. But we're all unique, and we all bring different things uh, you know to the to the, the table of life. And and I think understanding that, like you said, you don't have to, what I bring to the table doesn't need to be what you bring to the table. Mm-hmm. We both excel at different things, but being honest about that and being authentic about that, like, like you were saying, is, uh, is really important, I think, because if I'm trying to live a life that is not true to who I am, then I'm gonna probably fall a lot more than a lot more times than I, you know, than I rise. If you wanna, if you wanna look at it that way. Yeah. Uh, and so if we can collectively, uh, you know, offer up what we have, what we have to offer, who we are as individuals, and what we, you know, what we provide, our talents, our, our shortcomings, our shortcomings and our wins, all in one, uh, bringing that to the table, I think that really could do a lot for communities at large, whether it's in Chattanooga or. Anywhere across the world, you know, uh, there's a little big there's a lot of opportunity to do good, especially after the last two, almost going on three years that we've had, uh, just uh, with all the ups and downs that it has brought. Uh, we could use, definitely use a little bit more of what Fred brings to the table, you know. We okay. could. Uh, what, along with, you know, there's obviously uh, we talked about the story of Fred, and I remember whenever Nessa was in here, we were talking about the story of the lady that, like, hugged a tree for, like, 10 hours. Yeah. What other story, I mean, you may have been a part of that one, but, like, what other stories have you been a part of? Like, what are some of your favorite stories from Rising Rock that you've gotten to work on that, you know, like I said, I was not aware of a lot of these stories until I was, uh, until... I actually took a, a chance to look into the work you all have done, but what are some of your favorite stories that people listening may not be aware of uh, that, that you've gotten to work on so far?
1: Well, The Tree Hugger was before my time there. Yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I wish I could have seen that. <laughs> um, but, um, so my favorite, I think like two uh, just come to mind for different reasons. So one of them is um, was, was with the same group I worked with uh, the Fred story mm-hmm. on. It was called Moms Llamas. And the other one was an individual story yeah. that I did myself in my first semester of Rising Rock. Yeah. Um, it was called Legacy of Grief. Uh, For Mama's and Llamas, that was just a very fun story to work on. <laughs> it sounds like it. it was. It was one of those things where it was like it just came together all at the last moment, yeah. all of the last second. Yeah. Um, we were going through some team troubles at first, and we get down to it. It's like a day before publishing, and we we're like, okay. We're looking at what we have, and we're like, we have nothing here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> like our B, or like our B roll is okay, A roll is okay. Yeah. Photos kind of have them. Don't really have much else, you know. We yeah. can't really make a full package out of this, and so we're just like, it's me, uh, my other teammates, Maggie and Maddie in a mm-hmm. car. We're just like look We're just like looking at uh, farms that we can go to. Mm-hmm. We're trying to find places in Chattanooga, places in Georgia find this one place called TMMA Farms um, in Ringgold, Georgia. Mm-hmm. And it's this one lady and her husband running a llama, alpaca, and farm animal <laughs> rescue place and a rescue place. Yeah! Wow! Uh, it's a whole rescue farm. It's such a great place. So we call her up. She's like, "Okay, y'all can y'all can come." She's kind of like hesitant because
0: yeah, she was probably like, "Why do y'all want to come to a llama farm?" And it was very <laughs> last
1: minute as well. Yeah. Um So we make the drive over there. It's such a beautiful place, Uh and we see so many just like, like. <laughs> I don't know, there's so many great things. Um, She had so many rescue llamas, so many rescue alpacas. She had this one, I think it was, I think it was a little llama. Could have been an alpaca. They look so much alike, I'm sorry.
0: No, (laughs) I I couldn't tell you the difference between the two of them.
1: But it was blind. It was blind? Yes, it was blind. Uh, And it had been blinded since birth. It was like abandoned Mm -hmm. uh, since birth and she had taken it in, rescued it, and it was blind and like, she was telling us stories about it, how there was this sick girl who came to the farm and like, by intuition, the llama knew the girl was sick, went to it and comforted it. It's stuff like that, you know, like, we we heard that and we were like, this is a special story. This is a special thing, you know? And we got to see other llamas who have personality to them, who have like, such great things to give. And like, like, even the lady herself, which I'm not trying to discount her, she was a wonderful (laughs) person, but like, even the lady herself has such a rich history and like such a reason behind yeah. helping animals and behind having this passion, you know. Yeah, um, it was just great to see, and it was one of my favorite things. Um, it showed me that I could get things done under stress. Yeah, well, too, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm
0: sure it showed you, if anything, that you can make a story out of nothing. Yeah. I mean not that, not that, <laughs> you know, that that's nothing to talk about, but. You know, I mean, uh, there have been times in my life where it's like, okay, I gotta have this done in an hour. It's like, let's see what I'm made <laughs> of, you know? <laughs> let's,
1: too, yeah.
0: Let's see if I can actually, if I'm, if I'm worth, you know, if I can walk the walk here. Yeah. Uh, that's that's funny. So, what you just found this place just like on like on you just searched we up, like, like farms looked up area? on
1: Google, yeah, and just found TMMA Farms. So you're like, okay, this place has llamas. Yeah. It has llamas. <laughs> it's a story. Yeah.
0: Did you have any like when when you were searching up? Did you have any like reason to like did you have any plan with searching the farms or were you just like let's just search farms and see what happens
1: we had pitched the idea because there was a a, a, actually no we hadn't pitched idea we were given the idea by by billy to do a story on this llama show that was happening yeah and that was where most of the first content came from Mm -hmm. we went to this llama show and it was a very like well put on, well organized production, but we just didn't have enough teammates there at first. So after that, my team was like, okay, we just need to find places that, you know, like that breed llamas, Mm -hmm. that rescue llamas, that own llamas, Mm -hmm. you know, and just kind of see what we can do from there. And that's how we ended up finding TMMA. That's Man. crazy. Yeah. That's
0: hilarious. I want to go visit them sometime, go it's see. It. Do they offer like rides
1: on the llamas? Like can you can you check them out? I don't think so. I think you can <sighs> go, you can maybe like pet them, feed yeah. them a bit. Um, they offer, They have some um, events every now and then yeah. so you may want to look out for that. Yeah. But yeah, TMMA Farms, keep an eye on that. Yeah. I think they do like tours around their grounds so yeah. which I would definitely recommend taking a significant other, yeah. taking your friends on. It's just yeah. a very, like a very common experience. Yeah. They also have little chickens, yeah. cute. Cute. That's funny. Yeah.
0: So what was the other story you were talking about? I think you said, was it Legacy of Grief? Is that what you called it?
1: Yes, Uh, Legacy of Grief was the first individual story. Really the the first story I kind of felt good about in Rising Mm -hmm. Rock, because I'd helped on team stories before that, but I was very new and my contribution to that was very like, more like a chicken with his head cut off yeah. and like me knowing like, okay, I need to get this angle and get this and get that. Yeah. It was more like me like, okay, what do I do? And how do I do it? Where? where like, what do you want? Um, this, um, okay. So I had known uh, this lady, Mandy McAllister. She's now a very good friend of mine. Um, I know this lady kind of in an acquaintance uh, style mm-hmm. at first. And we had talked, I think, a couple of weeks before like story pitches were due mm-hmm. and she had like confided in me that her mother had passed mm-hmm. and with me like i had a brother who passed in my you know like in my youth mm-hmm. and you know grief and the process of grief has always been kind of interesting to me yeah. and just kind of how people handle it like me i have memories of my brother but if it if if like it was a weird process of like how do i grieve someone who I really don't know much. I don't really have yeah. that image of him. Yeah. I see pictures of him, but I don't have like that mental. You don't image know him. him that well. Yeah. yeah. Well, like, yeah, and like, it's unfortunate for that case because he was like, he's the reason I'm here, mm-hmm. and so I'm so I have such like respect for him, but but it's also someone I can't know well. Yeah. But I have siblings who knew him. Yeah. And me, I'm like, okay, like I can't know him as well as them, you know. Yeah. And so that was like kind of what drove me to want to pursue this, just the nature of grief and mm-hmm. how we can process, how we can kind of deal with it, especially like yeah. with her, who, who was so close to her mother, yeah. loved her mother, and like they were basically like sis, like sisters more than yeah. they were mother and yeah. daughter. They They're had like best like friends, that. Yeah, 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 like best friends more than mo- like more than mother and daughter, and you know, um, I wanted to kind of like dig deep into that relationship. Yeah. And so I spent the next few weeks, um, you know, interviewing her, trying to interview psychiatrists about mm-hmm. grief and all that, meeting her family and just, you know, getting to know her. And in the end, I put together a, uh, more of like a photo story of photos that they had, you know, with her mother mm-hmm. and their family. And with um, like audio, almost testimonies from mm-hmm. Mandy herself and her son. Yeah and um, also an audio piece as well, and you know, um, it was just very, just one of the most impactful, you know, stories yeah. I've ever made yeah. for myself, you know.
0: Yeah, well that's really, I mean, getting to be in on such an intimate part of, what was, what was the lady's name? Uh, Mandy McAllister. Mandy McAllister. yeah. Getting to be in on such an intimate part of her life, I mean that's, that that is, that's so, oftentimes even like, you know, in my life, even with those that I know the closest, like my best friends, uh, you know, we don't get to, at least in my experience. I mean, I'm not going to speak for everybody, but it's a rare chance when you get to when you get to see a glimpse into someone's like intimate life when they are just open and upfront on it. Like they just you know open up the book and say, "Here, you yeah. can go ahead and read it." You know, uh, I mean, and not that we're all like hiding things necessarily, but. Uh, you know, myself included, like we all are reserved in certain ways. We we allow people to know certain things and we hold certain things back. Uh, so but when you have those moments where someone is like completely open open with you and they're intimate about what's going on in life, how they're feeling and, and what what's happening, and those are special moments. Yeah. They really are. I mean those are those are moments that in my life, when I realize I'm, you know, in those moments, uh, I try to savor them. I try to just, just take in everything about it because like I said, People generally, in my experience, are not—they're very—they're very selective with with who they what they share with and who they share it with, mm-hmm. and for good reason, you know. Um, I mean, I, I'm the same way, and so when you get to be in on those moments, that's such a special thing, it you is. know. And especially with a topic like that, I mean, dealing with the loss of a loved one—that's uh, such a such an intimate and such a personal, but. The way that people deal with it can be beautiful at times. You know, uh, you know me personally. I haven't, in my personal life, I have not had many, uh, many loved ones, thankfully, that I, I, you know, that have passed. But I know of a lot of people who have experienced that in their lives at different stages of their life, and seeing how they're able to grow from those, from those times of of grief and and pain is really kind of inspiring. You know, uh, because we all know it's going to happen at some point. Uh, but seeing individuals that can Take that on and deal with it is is really really interesting and really uh, inspiring. I think. You know? Yeah. Uh, and it definitely sounds like that was your experience with uh, with with her. That's really cool. Um, I was gonna ask, so you talked about how this was, was this like your first story individually like you that you did on your own? Yeah, yeah. Like you were, the, my, you were the head of the story? Yeah, basically? this is my
1: own thing. I yeah. did everything by myself, yeah.
0: So, and wh- wh- what point in your college career was this? Oh, this was just last year actually. So, spring, yeah. from that point now, I mean obviously, you know, t- time is gone and, and I'm sure, you know, you've learned things over time and you've had, you know, different experience that have taught you a lot of things. What would you say are some ways that, Both as a journalist, but also just as an individual in your life, that you were able to overcome different insecurities and anxieties that you may have had about interviewing these people or about finding these stories because, you know, uh, you're kind of. You, like I said, we like we were just talking about. I mean, not all of them are the same. Some of them are more lighthearted than others, and some of them are, are you know more personal than others. But you are inherently, by nature, you're you're kind of investigating something, whether it's someone's uh, you know personal story or it's how they're impacting the community around them. You are not invading, but you are you're you're getting to know their their life and you're getting to know them and and seeing how they impact and how or how they are impacted by the world around them. What, I would imagine there's, like you said, there was some, you know, some doubts that probably crept in or some insecurities, like, oh, I can't, I, what am I doing? Like, I don't need to be interviewing these people or, or, or whatever. What are some ways that, or, or how were you able to overcome those doubts and insecurities uh, whenever you first were starting, you know, heading up uh, these stories on your own with, at Rising Rock? Um,
1: uh, I'm glad you about the term invading, cause yeah. like, that's very much what it felt like during that story specifically, um, like, I'm glad now the we are really close close friends and Mm -hmm. she's someone who I hope will be in my life for a long time, Um, Mm -hmm. like Mandy is. But during the time it felt like I was invading, like I was like invasive in her life. And Mm -hmm. I felt really just bad about that. Mm -hmm. I didn't want it to seem like I was trying to profit off of her grief Mm -hmm. at all. And so like every step I was trying to make sure like I take it with like the most sincerity. Mm -hmm. Um, Then growing from then, I guess I haven't really had a story that hits as deep as that, so it's been a bit easier, you know, asking yeah. the hey, can I do this story? Is it yeah. okay if I ask about these things? Yeah. Um, I think like the biggest growth has just been in my confidence and asking, my confidence in like how I craft the story. Yeah. Um, you know, I would say that creativity is something that it's really easy to get caught up in a mind game in, because. Mm-hmm you have so many influences, so many peers, so many mentors who like have their own style. And I think one of the hardest things is making your own style. Like I was thinking about this today, mm-hmm. um, like just in the last hour, you know, like, I don't know if I've like made my own style yet. Cause yeah. I've been seeing, you know, stuff that my friends do, stuff that my mentor does, stuff that I see in media. And it's like, how much of it is really like me taking inspiration and how much of it is me imitating you Mm -hmm. know and like emulating what they do and there's strength in that but i think like one of the biggest anxieties that really stays is how do i make this distinct Mm -hmm. distinctly me you know um other than that i think most um anxieties that i've you know kind of faced and kind of gotten over i Mm -hmm. think has just been the social part of it ask anyone who knew me as a freshman yeah. and they would say i was <laughs> like not talkative at all i <laughs> would sit in the corner um at like whether it was like at like an event mm-hmm. party just hanging out yeah. i would be the one in the corner just like yeah. okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> cuz yeah. people not talk to me Yeah, you know, like, <laughs> please don't talk to me please don't please i don't have to anything please to me. say yeah. like and like still, you know, you get that a few like a few times now, but I feel like I've definitely socially blossomed. Yes, yeah. award to college. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, I mean, even at that, I mean, not that I would consider myself like a social expert by any means. I'm, <laughs> I'm more just uh, I'm will I, I just talk too much is really my thing. Uh, but <laughs> but I think in regards to you know uh, whether it's your job or you know you're in school like what you were talking about with with Rising Rock or in any social uh, area, just consistently kind of inching your way towards trying a little bit more or trying something new. It doesn't, you don't have to jump right in, like you know, if if you're the person like yourself freshman year and you were just like standing in the corner like I don't want to talk to anybody, I don't want anybody to look at me, like if that's who you are, that's okay, that's fine. Not everybody needs to be the person up on the stage making a show, you know, doing whatever, but maybe for that person, doing a little bit more is just going over and like getting getting a snack from the table or something like just just moving from one position to the other that's a that's a win for them you know and consistently inching your way forward you know small step after small step um that i think is what builds that confidence you were talking about you know when you're when you're doing a story uh you know for rising rock i mean the first time like you said i'm sure there was a lot of those there was a lot of times you were like okay I guess we'll see what happens here. Like, I don't know if I'm gonna do this correctly or not, but I'm gonna give it a shot. But, you know, after you do it one, two, three, four, five, and so on, uh, so many times, it becomes a lot easier to take that first step. Yeah. There's still nerves. I mean, you know, I mean, I've been doing this for, you know, I guess, like, this is probably like I think this is like our tenth interview actually, so that's that's fun. Uh, but there's still like even doing this like there's still nerves sometimes for me. I'm like okay, I hope I hope I do this correctly. Like I hope I don't fumble over my words or anything. But yeah, yeah. it gets easier over time. You know, it, it gets easier as time goes on. And as long as you're able to inch forward, you know, take that that next step. I think in whatever avenue of life, whether it's work, you know, your personal life, your your social life, whatever it is, I think that's really important to gaining that confidence you were talking about. You know. Yeah.
1: That's yeah. one thing I feel with like the technical side of things like it, like I think one of the things I've learned is like failure is inevitable when mm-hmm. you're doing like some like video work and you're just going to have to deal with it. Mm-hmm. But I guess those failures kind of mm-hmm. prepare you for the next time. So you're mm-hmm. like, okay, I didn't get this type shot in my last story, but now I know just how to get it. Yeah. I like, I messed up. I didn't have my battery stores for this interview yeah. and it you know, and, and it ended up dying mm-hmm. just in the best part. So now I'm going to have like, Extras on extras on extras, you know. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I think like even now, like you just kind of get like those little like things that just kind of like stick with you. Like even now, I'm like worried that this audio pack is gonna <laughs> die. <laughs> like I had a moment and I was like, okay, I I like should ask, is this on still? <laughs> like you know, just double check every step yeah. of the process, yeah. you know. And I think like that's just one of the things that like just like kind of have like the mental like awareness just mm-hmm. to be like, okay, is this good? Is this good? Is this good? Yeah. Are all of my boxes checked? Mm-hmm. Do I have the camera right? Are mm-hmm. the lights right? Is everything on? Is this light not a, not acting up? Is this mic on, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, all of that. I'm sorry, I got a, I got on a tangent. No, you're I good, was you're good. talking about, yeah, just. I whatever. love tangents. Yeah. <laughs> I, my <laughs> mind loves them too, and it just goes, you know? No, you're good, you're <laughs> but, yeah. good. Uh, yeah I think one of the best things I've learned though is you know that piece about failure is, is like it's a piece about failure. Um, I think being comfortable with it because mm-hmm. life is just like you aren't gonna make everything like you aren't gonna hit all the marks. and so I think I've gotten more comfortable failing mm-hmm. as long as I know that I did mm-hmm. everything I possibly could. yeah and if people make me aware of something I could have done, yeah, good. I'll yeah. save it in my mind for next yeah. time. And if not, okay, I'll try again. Yeah, you know? I'll just keep on trying. Well, the the term
0: that was always used. I played basketball a lot growing up. I don't know if you played any sports or not, but the term that was always used after after and before any game, whether we won or lost, was always leaving it all on the court. You know, yes, yeah. Uh, you were inevitably going to win some games, and we were inevitably going to lose some games. It's just the nature the nature of it, but. It didn't necessarily matter. I mean, that wasn't winning and losing, you know, for the sake of the game is important, but it wasn't necessarily about that. The more important thing was, you know, having being obviously a good sportsman, but also making sure that you gave it your best effort. Mm -hmm. There's, you know... People can't expect like I'm never going to be as good as like Michael Jordan, LeBron James, like any of them. Like nobody's expecting you to beat that point. But what you can do is give your very best effort. If you fall down a couple times, that's okay. That's that's expected. Uh, But it's not it's not necessarily about not falling down. It's about being able to get up when you do fall down. You know, Uh, that's the most important thing in my mind is is not striving for perfection necessarily because if that's your goal, you're going to be you know. Severely disappointed. None of us are perfect. We're all going to fall short at some point, but it's about striving to learn from when you do fall short. Mm-hmm. That, to me, is the most important thing. It, it sounds like that's what you're you're really echoing here, especially with your time at Rising Rock and and your experiences before. Um, that really is what molds you into who we who we currently are and who we will be. I believe is our experiences and our ability to learn from our failures. Yeah, um, that's incredibly important to me and, and and i think that's something that we can all take with us in our lives no matter where we're at in our life you know yeah. i think that's incredibly important um something you had mentioned about was a, a mentor of yours and you don't have to you know name this person by name if, if you don't want to but i always like when people talk about how they have a mentor you know they say oh my mentor told me this um it, it every time this topic is brought up it makes me think of people that's I would consider a mentor in my life or someone that has mentored me or, or just anybody that's ever taken time out of their life to guide me along the way, whatever that, you know, whatever that may mean in the context of, of whatever story. And a lot of people come to my mind, uh, you know, for, and this, I don't want to speak for you too much, but you know, uh, we were talking about Billy Weeks, how he, he just said so many great things about you and it's, you know, he, he seems like an individual like that, he seems like is he's willing to, Give up things of himself to assist others. He's willing to, uh, you know, take time out of his day to make sure that you are doing, you know, doing the right thing. If you're like a student of his, he 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 goes out of his way to make sure that you're understanding the material. Mm -hmm. And there are numerous people people in my life that I think about uh, that are just like that. That have that have done that same thing for me. What does it mean for you? Like, what is the significance of having a mentor in your life and having someone that you can? rely on and lean on, because at the end of the day, there's, whether we realize it or not, I mean, there's people below us that, even if we don't realize it, look at us as mentors, you know? Yeah. I mean, we're both fairly young, I mean, you, you know, I graduated college back in December, and you're just about to graduate here in a couple of days, uh, and whether we realize it or not, I mean, there's people below us that look up to us and say, oh, I wanna, I wanna be like him someday, or I wanna be like this person someday. Yeah, uh, excuse me. What is, what does that mean, What how, do, how does that mean to you, or what, what does that mean to you, Uh, you know, having a mentor like that and and what do you think about just your thoughts and feelings on being a mentor for someone else?
1: Um, I would say, I think the importance of having a mentor is just having someone who can, mm, I don't wanna use like guidance Mm -hmm. because I think it's more than just guidance. Mm -hmm. I think it's just someone who can just like, I find the right words for this. No, you're fine. Uh, I think specifically with Billy, in importance of having him as a mentor was just having someone who could pick you up when you fell fu- when you fell, but also teach you when you did right. Mm-hmm. Um, like what you were saying before, how a lot of people like underrate the value of like learning from failure, mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of people also underrate the value of learning from your wins, yeah. And I think that's a very important piece that I've learned from Billy, is that I, I you know, will make a story, but I try to not look at it as like a win or a fail. I try to mm-hmm. look at it as like, okay, I made this. Mm-hmm. What can I fix? Yeah. And I think just, in, just like giving you those types of mindsets, those mm-hmm. kind of like perspective shifting mindsets yeah. is what the true value of a mentor yeah. is. Opening up your mind, you know, yeah. to new like ideas. To yeah. okay, I don't have to see this failure as, fa- as failure. I can just see it as an opportunity. I don't have to see this win as such a big high. Mm-hmm. I can see it as like preparations for the next story, for yeah. the next thing, and the next thing. Um, things just like that. Um, I've had a lot of mentors, and I've been really grateful. You know, Billy is one of them, and he's been really wonderful in my life. I am appreciative for everything he's done. Mm -hmm. Um, Last summer I had another, uh, uh, ah, ah, words. (laughs) (laughs) I'm the same way, man. Last time I had another mentor, uh, Adam Perez, I met him at a camp Mm -hmm. I worked at as a photographer and he was a good mental mentor for me. Uh, He kind of taught me the importance of slowing down and of knowing yourself Mm -hmm. and not discounting yourself. I think there's a, healthy fear of like bragging about ourselves, you mm-hmm. know? Cause we don't want to seem prideful yeah. or like braggadocious or mm-hmm. like we're just so obnoxious and so self fulfilled. Yeah. But I don't know, uh, when he would talk about him, about himself and the things he did, I would notice it wasn't in that prideful attitude. It was more in like a, he knows himself and he yeah. knows what he can do. Yeah. And he knows his stuff about himself. Yeah. And like, I think there's good, in that, in knowing that we are you know, who we are, like yeah. I think it's really easy to discount ourselves. There's strength in building yourself up, yeah. you know. Like, for like for your like for you, I've heard you. Mm-hmm. I've heard you say, "Oh, I just like to talk," <laughs> but no, you're a communicator. <laughs> you are a driven communicator who has made his own podcast and who is doing great things. Yeah. You know.
0: Yeah, well, I think too. Yeah. I mean, what you were just talking about is—and thank you for that. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, uh, something that you know, whether we consider them a mentor per se, uh, something that people like that can do for us is offer an outside perspective. Yeah, I know for me, and I still to this day—I mean, I struggle with it—is I'm I'm very quick to. Beat myself up if I do something wrong, but at the same time, like if I think I do something right, I don't. I like try to play it down. Like I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to seem too self-fulfilled. Like it's, yeah. oh yeah, like this was good, but let's, let's just move on from that. Like I don't want to. I don't want to seem too full of myself, or like you know, like, like I have it all put together because you know I just failed in this way. I, I I have a striking that the proper balance for that is difficult for me at times. But when you have someone on the outside looking in, you know they can look at you and say, Hey Mark, you did really good at this. Like. You actually did. You did a great job. At, you know, writing the story. You did a great job doing this. Like, you should be proud of that. You should do this more often. Mm-hmm. That's where they can, where they, I think, really provide uh, the most value to us because it's so easy. It's so easy to get in your own head and think, oh, I, I, I messed up here. Or, oh, this wasn't good enough. Or yeah, maybe I did this right, but I, I, I shouldn't. You know, I shouldn't do this more. Uh, it, it's very hard to kind of get out of that cycle you know it is, yeah. it's very hard to remember objectively who we are what we do and, and, and what we have done and what is right and wrong I guess and having someone on the outside looking in to say yes you should you should probably not do this more or you should correct this but also you you're, you're doing, doing this good. right over yeah. here do this more often mm-hmm. that's so important because yes. again if, if we can't Objectively look at the things that we do right, and if we can't objectively look at the things that we do that are wrong, it's hard to grow from that because you don't know what to fix and what to keep doing, you know. Um, and so, having people like Billy or whoever else in your personal life that was able to or that is able to assess what you're doing and give you a different perspective and say, No, like, don't be so hard on yourself, like, you're doing this correctly, or oh, maybe you should, you know, try to fix this area over here. Those are essential, I think, in yeah. our lives, and those those are the people that we need to lean on more. And I know that I try to lean on as much as I can, you know. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. Yeah, like that reminds me, um, a, like, a lot of like, you know, my growth last year could be attributed to the mentor I meant, to the mentor I mentioned from last mm-hmm. year, um, Mr. Adam. He kind of like, oh, he just taught me to see myself in a different way, mm-hmm. and he. He, he he was one of those prime examples of having someone who shows you the good about yourself mm-hmm. and like the good about what you can do mm-hmm. and just like framing your internal monologue in a different way to mm-hmm. where it's not like oh you know this this was just by accident or yeah. you know this was just you know just something that happened no to, to like to no this is a win yeah. this is like what i am mm-hmm. this is who i am you know and this is what i like this is my potential like mm-hmm. i have the potential to help people, I have the potential to be there for people. I have the, I have the potential <laughs> words, man. Words are different, yeah. <laughs> they, they, yeah. They are. To, like, I have the potential to lead. I have the potential to be this figurehead, you know. Um, he was very instrumental in my growth, just as a as a man, as a person of color. Mm-hmm. He is Puerto Rican, has you know Native American blood in him as mm-hmm. well, and he is like he will not let you forget it. Mm-hmm. Like not in like a bad way, yeah. but he's gonna represent yeah. himself, and that's one of the things that I really loved. Like because he was him unapologetically. Yeah. Like we were talking about B about be you need mm-hmm. to be authentic. Mm-hmm. He was authentic mm-hmm. to his core, and I love that. And he really instilled some of those values in me, and I hope I can emulate that. Yeah, you know, but yeah, yeah. I, love
0: I love that. that's awesome. That's awesome. Whenever I was speaking to Nessa, I forget when it was, but whenever I was speaking to Nessa, I asked her this same question I'm about to ask you. But I wanted to, I wanted to propose this to you because I'm curious to see uh, what your response is. So obviously you've done some different, uh, you know, you've written different articles and you've done different interviews and things of that nature. Uh, but in your career is very young so far, and you've, you know, I, I'm sure that there is someone or somewhere out there that you would love to go and someone you'd love to interview, what for you is like your dream interview to do or like your dream article that like, if you could sit down in a room and write an article about someone or with someone, or if you could sit sit down and say, hey, let me have 30 minutes of your time. I wanna see what you have to say about this particular issue. What's like your dream? I wanna go here and talk to this person interview, if that makes sense.
1: Oh man, that, 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 that makes sense. This is a hard one. <laughs> ah. <laughs> there's so many good There's
0: so many good options out there, you know? Yeah,
1: yeah, there are. Um, oh, man. Okay, I think, so, I don't know, like, music is really big to me. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite artists has been Earl Sweatshirt. Yes. Um, yeah, he's very fantastic. Yes. I've loved seeing his growth, you know, yeah. from, like, Kind of that like yeah. naughty style and yeah. you know, like in his beginning very like yeah. uh, blatantly disrespectful mm-hmm. just for the sake of it a little bit yeah. to being very introspective yeah. and like now he's in a position where he just like knows him knows himself he knows yeah. about the world and it's more like he's like a sage mm-hmm. speaking like yeah. spoken words rather than like rather than a rapper. And yeah. I don't know. I he just seems like such an introspective, yeah. knowledgeable guy. Yeah, I would love to meet him. Well, his, his him.
0: personal, I mean, his personal story. I mean, a lot, a lot of what happened to him is he had a very kind of whenever he broke onto the scene, you know, he had a very rough. Uh, rough bout for him, you know. Yeah. He, if I remember correctly, his parents like didn't let him leave the house or something like, or like put him in, like a boarding school they for like, years and like wouldn't let him speak they, to anybody or anything. Yeah. Um, and so, if you listen to his music, you can tell there's like a, a change in who he is and like mm-hmm. some good, and some bad. Uh, but no, I mean, he's a prime example of of literally what we've been talking about is taking your experiences and learning from them. Accepting the good for the bad mm-hmm. and letting that be reflected in who you are, you know, yeah. uh, that would be cool. That would be. I would. I would. I would if there's an article, I would read. It would be that. It would be that article. <laughs> it would be the Mark and, and the Mark and Earl sweatshirt interview. That would be. That would definitely be something I would. I would read for I sure. I would make it a podcast just <laughs> for you.
1: Just, just for you. <laughs> just for me. Just for me. I would,
0: if, if you can make that happen, I will. I'll be there for it. If you can oh, make gosh. it happen, I'll, I'll come there and be there for it. All right. If
1: I could, I. Oh my god. I would love that. <laughs> I would jump on that plane so fast. I would be there. Would be That's there. funny. That's funny. All right.
0: Well, Mark, man, I appreciate you coming in. Uh, it's been a pleasure speaking to you, okay. and uh, it's it's just been so good uh, meeting so many just interesting people and hearing so many new perspectives. Uh, again, it, it was funny. I, you know, we talked about it a little bit. Whenever we first uh, met up, you were like, "Yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I wouldn't expect you to." to you know, want to interview me, but obviously, as we've seen, like we all got something uh, to share and, and a story to tell, and uh, it's been great hearing your story and, and the work that you're doing. Uh, before we go, I always want to give the uh, the guests a chance to you know, address the people to take a moment to shout out anybody, to talk about what you're working on, just to say, you know, thanks mom, whatever you want to say, <laughs> just take a moment to, you know, say your piece and, and let the people know what what you got going on. So yeah, the course, floor is yeah. yours, man.
1: Well, first off, I would love to extend a thanks, appreciation to you, thank you so much. This no was problem, such man. a great experience, and yeah. a great opportunity. I'm so, yeah. Yeah, no problem, thank, man. Yeah. It's thank you my so pleasure. much. Um, in terms of shout outs, um, Mom, I love you. Dad, (laughs) 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 to all of my family back in Knoxville and who is gonna be up uh, this weekend for my graduation, thank you so much for everything that you've done in my life. I have so much to thank you for uh, for the man I am, the person I'm becoming. Thank you so much and I love you all. Uh, Shout out to Natalie Chandler, my partner. Love you. Thank you for the inspiration before this <laughs> and the encouragement before this, because I was very nervous. <laughs> yeah. oh, sorry, if I have the mic. You <laughs> um, uh, shout out to Rising Rock. Please go view. If you have not heard of Rising Rock, yes. please go. It's on risingrock.net. And we have plenty of wonderful stories, uh, both by me and other people, that yeah are sure to hit your heart, sure to make you laugh, sure to make you just feel something. And you know that's what we try and do. We just try and bring out stories in the community that can make people feel and You know, hopefully you can benefit from that. Um, Other than that, stay tuned for Rising Rock Radio on WTC, and that's all I have.
0: Awesome, awesome. Well, Mark, thank you again for coming in. It has been a a pleasure speaking to you. I hope you enjoyed coming in, chatting with me for a little bit. And I really think, I really think, and hope that everybody will uh, enjoy this episode. Uh, in the description of today's episode, there will be links to, you know, Mark's uh, social media platforms and for Rising Rock and all the associated links that we may have uh, brought up during today's conversation. Feel free to go check out what Mark's got like going on. Uh, you know, give him a congrats for graduating soon. Uh, and, and, you know, feel free to just let us know uh, how things are going and, and keep up with what Mark and Rising Rock is doing. So, again, thank you all for listening. Thank you to Mark for coming in today. Really appreciate it. And uh, we hope that you'll join us on the next episode of The Third Seat.